Good morning, everyone. I was so quiet today in here. We're all awake. We're used to the sunshine, and then the clouds come over, and it's every nap time, right? Well, we are so glad that you are here today in God's house to worship him and praise him and learn more about him. Would you please stand, and let's all praise him together. Far from above 
same a prodigal return in Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? Aren't you glad it's not in the stock, stock market or in the right political party being in office? Amen? amen. Well, that was a little weaker. <laughs> Come on now. We're, uh, we're really glad that you're here today. We welcome you to First Baptist Church of Coronado, especially if you're visiting here for the very first time. Welcome. We're glad you found us. We're going to pause right now and just bow before the Lord in a time of prayer. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to your house this morning. We thank you, God, that you are an awesome Heavenly Father, 
and that we can come here on a, what is going to be a sunny day. And uh, we just thank you, God, that we can visit you and one another right here in the heart of Coronado. Father, we pray for Pastor Jim and Pat today as they're down in Alabama, and we just pray that you would allow them to minister to the church down there and be a blessing to them in the same way that, you, that they are a blessing to us right here every Sunday. And so, God, give them a good time away, and we just pray, God, that uh, you would use them in a sweet way. In this quiet moment, Father, we ask you to forgive our sins. We confess, Father, that it's very easy to walk away from you. It's very easy to listen to the voice of Satan instead of the voice of God. It's very easy for us to just uh, slip away and to do things and say things and act in ways that are not pleasing to you. And so, Father, in this moment, we ask you to forgive our sins. We pray, God, that you would bring a great cleansing deep within our own hearts and our own souls, Lord. And then, Lord, we pray that you'll fill us with your spirit today. And as we leave this place in a while, Lord, help us to be the men and women that you've called us to be. And so, Lord, we, we just pray that today. We ask you to fill our hearts and to fill this place with an unusual joy as we worship you here in Coronado today. And we pray these things in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated just for a few minutes. Want to make uh, uh, just a few quick announcements. First of all, again, if you're visiting with us for the first time, we welcome you. Uh, please do us the honor of taking a Connect card and just filling that out and, and leaving it with us today. You can drop this. Uh, there's, some offering, there's an offering box in the back where our members put their tithes and offerings every week, and you can put the Connect card in there. We'd just like to know a little bit more about you and find uh, if there's some ways that we can serve you a little bit better. Uh, just a few uh, really quick announcements. First of all, is there a military lunch today? Yes, there is. If you are active duty military, we have lunch for you. So please stay afterward and be our guest for lunch. Uh, also, um, what about the couples retreat? Is that full or we still have spaces open? We still have space left. Okay, couples retreat. And then there are other announcements in the bulletin, but the, the one big one I want to make is that next Sunday we are having another baptismal service. Somebody say amen. amen. Another, another baptism right here. Um, the gentleman being baptized, I'm told, is 80 years old. <laughs> Saying yes to the Lord in baptism, following the Lord in baptism. And if you haven't done that yet, if you're here today and you know the Lord, but haven't taken that important step of baptism, you know, we encourage you. You can be a part of it next Sunday. You can come, and we'd love to uh, see you being baptized as well. So I think that's all the announcements we have uh, for today. Again, we're glad you're here. Let's stand again as we begin to worship the, God, uh, worship the Lord again.
Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. We're going to have the boys and girls come up right now. All the boys and girls, come on up. Come on down. Come on down. There you go. Hi, Lucas. Gosh, you guys, look at this crowd of boys and girls. Let's welcome them down here today, will you? Yeah. All right. We're going to sing a song today. I don't know if you know it. How many of you know the song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands? Do any of you know the song? Okay. Like three or four of us. How many of you out there know He's Got the Whole World in His Hands? Will you help us sing today? All right. And the worship team, they're going to help us a little bit today. Now, there are emotions to the song. And some of you are a little too sophisticated to do them. Some of, them, some of you are going to say, uh, I'm going to do them anyway. But you, watch, you guys watch the worship team. They're going to help us with the motions to the song, okay? So it goes like this. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. And we're going to wave our hands and just sing to the Lord, okay? Are you ready to sing with me? You got to look at me, okay? It goes like this. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Whole world in his hands. Now, the second verse is like this. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. Can we do this? Will you do this with me? All right. Could you put your hands like this? All right. Here we go. He's got the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got the little bitty babies. In his hands, he's got the little bitty babies. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. And then he's, the last verse, he's got everybody here in his hands. Here we go. He's got everybody here. In his hands, he's got everybody here. In his hands, he's got everybody here. In his hands whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. Whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. All right. Good job, you guys. Good job. All right, you can go right this way into your classrooms. Thank you, boys and girls. Good job. So you see what we're doing? We're sort of auditioning a choir. Yeah. And some of them will be boys and girls, and some of them may be y'all. We had spies sitting throughout the auditorium looking for the great singers, yeah. Hey, listen, we're really glad you're here today, and, and uh, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be looking at uh, several passages of Scripture today, and... Um, The big one 
that we're going to look at today is found in Luke chapter 15. So you can kind of get ready for Luke chapter 15. I'm really excited to be with you this morning to be preaching. As we said earlier, Pastor Jim and Pat are away. They're actually in Alabama. Do we have anyone here today from Alabama? Come on now. Georgia? All right, Mississippi? No, we got just Georgia represented. Well, anyway, Pat and Jim are in Alabama, and they, uh, uh, Pastor Jim actually was preaching this morning at a church that has just been celebrating some really phenomenal growth down near, um, let's see, I think they're near Mobile, and uh, they're just having a great time visiting old friends down there as well. So you'd be praying for Pat and Jim as they're gone, and they'll be back next Sunday, and let's be sure to give them a big welcome next Sunday when they come. Amen. Now listen, on the off chance that they may be watching the service right now, how about if we give them a big wave and say, hi, Pastor Jim and Pat. Can we do that? Do it. Come on now. Hey, Pastor Jim and Pat. All right. Okay. So maybe, we'll, maybe they'll see that. Maybe we even embarrass them. Who knows? Um, a few months ago, I began a sermon that I didn't quite finish. The name of the title, title of the sermon is By Hook or By Crook. How many of you have a distant memory? Okay, there's like five of us, so this is going to be good. I want to begin today by sharing with you my very favorite passage of Scripture in the whole Bible. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20. Here's what it says. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors... As though God were making, what, his appeal through who? Through who? Us. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You're an ambassador for Christ. Maybe a good one. Amen? Maybe (laughs) not so good at times. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making what? His appeal through us. And if you read on in that passage, you'll find out, okay, well, what's the appeal? What is the appeal? You know, if God were to open up the gate of heaven today and make an appeal, what would that appeal be? Y'all better straighten up down there. I'm coming back and I'm mad. Is that his appeal? No. Read on in that passage, and he says, the appeal is this. Be reconciled to God. Get right with God. That's the message of the church, amen? That's the message that we have. Our message is not to go out and tell the world that God is mad at them. It's to tell the world that God loves them. And he wants to be reconciled to God. He wants us to be reconciled with him. So that's my favorite verse, and I, I try to live that out. I, I don't always succeed, but, but that's my goal. Now, by hook or by crook, part of our job then is, is, uh, as ambassadors is to help other people become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Many of you, most of you, are citizens of God's kingdom. It's 
Some of you may be here today and say, well, I would like to be in God's kingdom. I would like to know him better. I would like to have his goals and purposes be mine, but I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Others of you will say, I, I used to be that way, but I've kind of wandered away a little bit, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. So the title of the message, By, by Hook or By Crook, and if you were with us back in September, um, we did the hook part. And is there a... Is there a ding? It may be mine. Is that mine, Marcy? Oh, okay. I thought I was getting a little dingy, you know, because I hear things sometimes. Yeah. Thank you. What's the hook part? Let me just give you a quick review for those... I think, but again, five were here in September, so the rest of you. The hook part, the hook part comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw a couple of, couple of guys. Remember who they were? Peter and Andrew, and they, they were of what occupation? Fishermen. And as Jesus walked by, he turns to them and says what? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And man, those guys did exactly what Jesus said do. Wouldn't it be great if all of us had an instant response to the Lord? Some of us fight and argue with God a little bit. Some of us have been walking with God for 40 years and we're still in control. But the instantly, they did exactly what Jesus said. They left their nets, and they followed him. So um, everywhere they went, they spent their lives really telling people about Jesus. And these men were phenomenally successful in bringing other people, Jews and Gentiles both, into the kingdom of God. They were fishers of men. So um, we're going to talk just about that real quickly uh, before I leave the hook part, I want to just say that if you're a good fisherman, by the way, how many people here really enjoy fishing? You would say, okay, we got, like, down here in the front row, we got three. Here, put your hands up again. Okay. Oh, more now. <laughs> have we ever had a fish fry here at this church? It, I mean, it sounds like we ought to have a fish fry. <laughs> Amen? How many would come? Yeah. Yeah, well... So what are the tools that you need if you are a fisherman? I, I, my daughter brought me a tool today that her husband uses. What is that? Yeah, it's a fishing rod, all right? There are all kinds of fishing poles depending on what you're going to fish. If you're a fisherman, you have several tools. You have a pole. You have, you have a, a, a rod and reel, I guess you could call it. You have hooks. You have bait. You may have a... Those little baskets, you know, that you put the fish in. I guess those are for trout fishing, maybe. You've got the net, and depend, again, depending on your fish, you've got a big net or a little net. If you're going after a real big one, you may have a, a, a hook, a big, uh, what do they call it, a, a gaff, yeah, to bring those big sea creatures in, those monsters in, okay. So, uh, so I got a, 
no, you can't have that pole. That belongs to my son-in-law, and I'd have to answer to him for that. But listen, if you're going to tell people about Jesus and win people to Christ, let me give you three tools that are really helpful. Here they are. Tool number one is your story. Your story of how God captured your heart. And most of us have a story, don't we? It may be a very simple story. It may be a complex story. It may be a very short one. Uh, maybe a long one. God's still after you after 30 years, maybe. But we all have a story. You know, the Apostle Paul, if you remember his story in the book of Acts, boy, didn't the Lord just go after him, knock him off uh, maybe his horse and laid him in the dust and spoke to him, and that was a dramatic way. Paul never forgot what God did to get him. And you know, if you read through the book of Acts, several times Paul tells someone his story. Let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you how God changed my life. Let me tell you the blessings of following the Lord. And you have a story, and your story can be a powerful influence on people around you. Amen? So you ought to know your story. Think through your story. Someone told me you ought to have a, a three-minute version, a five-minute version, a two-hour version. Because <laughs> some of us could get started and just go on, but sometimes you only have three minutes, amen? If you have three minutes to tell your story, what would you say? Think that through a little bit. You may leave here today and be sitting over at Panera Bread and have an opportunity to give that three-minute testimony. Wouldn't that be cool? So uh, your story is one of, um, one of your tools. Who was the guy that wrote Amazing Grace? What was his name? John Newton. Thank you, sir. Thank you. John Newton. You know what that song is? I mean, we, it's, it's the most beloved hymn in America, Amazing Grace. You know what that song is? That's his story. He, wants, he wanted the world to know, I was once a wretch. And God reached down and saved me. That's a pretty good story. Pretty good story. Second thing you ought to have is you ought to have some Bible verses. You know, the guy that led me to Christ, he just shared one verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever or whosoever <laughs> believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just one simple Bible verse. Really, it was about the only one he knew because he'd only been saved six months himself and he was only 18 years old. Shared that one verse and led me to Christ when I was 13. So you ought to have some Bible verses ready. Um, I was doing a little scavenging back here uh, today, and we got all kinds of tools back there. If you want to be ready to bring somebody into God's kingdom, there's a whole rack over here. It's got the four spiritual laws. This was my favorite back during my Navy days, the four spiritual laws. We've got a track called the Roman Road to Salvation, all right? Some of you like that and use that. Here's the one I like, and there's, there's a whole bunch of them right back there. How to get to heaven from Coronado. 
I mean, isn't that cool? You ought to just pick that up today if you have never seen it. Just look at that just because of the name. Amen? You know, you could hand this to anyone in Coronado and say, you want to get to heaven? Well, here's, 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 the, here's the way to go. So I, I hope you'll do that. But you ought to have some Bible verses that you can use, a tool like, like that. And then the third tool is this. It's um, maybe the most important one. That's prayer. Prayer, amen? Praying, uh, praying for who? Well, you should be praying for people that you know and care about that aren't in God's kingdom yet. Now, I, I don't know if you want to have 40 or 50 people on, your, on that list, but you ought to have two or three, amen? Your son and daughter. Your mom and dad, if they don't know Christ. Maybe a brother or, or sister. Maybe a coworker that you feel a real connection with. Maybe the barista at Starbucks that you see every day. And just start praying for that person. Lord, would you give them a tender heart toward the things of God? Would you just give them a desire to, to know you? Would you open a door maybe that we could have a conversation about that? So pray, pray for two or three people. Pray for them by name. And then you ought to pray for yourself. Amen? Well, what am I praying for myself? Terry, I'm already saved. Well, pray that God will give you boldness. How many of you are shy Christians? Can I see hands? Shy Christian. You're just kind of shy about your faith in the Lord. Okay, do you see my hand? I'm, I'm one of those shyer Christians when it comes to initiating a conversation. I got my friend over here, Ken Connolly. Uh, Ken and I were in the Navy together, and... Uh, I won't say how many years ago. But, you know, I was, I was the Bible study leader, but I was the shy Christian. Ken, at the time, was a new Christian, but he wasn't shy. And we'd have a Bible study one night a week, and, and week after week after week, there would be a, a one or two new guys at the Bible study, and I'd say, oh, I'm really glad you're here. Who invited you? Ken Conley. Why? Because he, he didn't have that curse of shyness about him. And so pr pray for yourself that God would give you a, a boldness to be able to invite people to church or to tell people uh, your story. Pray that God will give you opportunities. Amen? You do not have to kick down the door of someone's heart to lead them to Christ. If God is in it, the person will be ready and excited, interested, interested at least. I, I, was, I, I led a guy to Christ once I was hitchhiking, and boy, was he ready. I didn't have to be bold at all. He was bold, and I, I was praying for that. So uh, you ought to have a story. You ought to have some Bible verses. You ought to have the power of prayer behind your witness. How many can say amen? All right, so that was, uh, that was September's sermon. You've got it now. Coming to sermon number two. By hook or by crook. And the crook is the shepherd's staff, and the, 
the verses I'm going to read today are from Luke chapter 15. This is where we're going to spend a little time this morning. Luke 15, verses 3 through 7. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he, what, finds it? And when he finds it, and when he finds that rascal of a sheep, what does he do? Yeah, that's it. That's part of it. What does he do to the sheep? Does he whip him within an inch of his life? I'll teach you a thing or two. Is that what he does? What did he do? Some of us are on the wrong side of this one. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, I love this. Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same manner, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents or comes back to the Lord than over the 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. And so for a few minutes, we're going to talk about the lost sheep. And the lost sheep is represented by... uh, by one of these. There's the shepherd's staff right there. See, it's got, a, it's got a, a crook on the end of it. You know, when that little lost lamb is down in the bushes, he can reach in and snag that thing and pull him back. Amen? Um, I'd be glad to sell this to some of you parents today. If <laughs> this would be a good tool that some of you could use to, Yeah. My daughter raised her hand, said, I'll take that home, Dad. (laughs) There's the crook. There's the shepherd's crook. There's the title, by hook or by crook. So so what does that mean? That, That means that we should not only be leading new people to Christ, catching new fish, but we should also, and maybe just as importantly, be about the task of people bringing people back to the Lord. You see that? Why? Because there are people who are in the family, who are in the kingdom, who from time to time wander away. They stray from the Lord. And how many of you know when they stray from the Lord, they get into what? Trouble. Trouble out there. Um, I came across a little video last week. I've entitled it, uh, Why Do Sheep Need a Shepherd? And Nick's got a video. I'm going to show you a quick video, okay? Maybe you've seen this already. Why do sheep need a shepherd? Okay, there he is, stuck in a ditch. I'm going to let it be quiet for a minute. 
How many, how many of you does that represent? <laughs> Maybe not today, but at some point in your life, that's been you. Amen? We, we stray from the Lord. We fall in a ditch. The Lord rescues us and says, and, okay, thank you, Lord. I don't need you anymore. And off we go. Right? Off we go. Right back into the same old ditch, the same old sin, the same old problem. It's more common than you think. There's a song, there's a line in a song. What's the song? Uh, how many of you know that, that old uh, hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing? Isn't that a great song? We had to sing that song. That's a great old song. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, tune my heart to sing thy praise. Isn't that wonderful? But you know, there's a line in the song that goes like this. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave. Prone to leave the God I what? Love. And that is so true. Maybe it's true of you. Certainly it's true of someone you know. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit today. Now, who are the people that stray from God? Who are they? Well, first of all, the people who stray from God are, are, number one, they're people that already know the truth, don't they? They already know about God. They already know about Jesus. They already know the plan of salvation. They've already prayed the prayer. They've already said yes to God at some time in their lives. And the exciting thing is that because they know a lot, they're often usually easier to, to bring back to the Lord, okay? And so we ought to go after them. We ought to go after new, new people as well, but we ought to go after people who wander away because they already know so much. There was a, an, an old Navy chief that, we, uh, that came to Christ uh, in our Navy days, Chief Primus. And uh, I think when I met him, he was like about 40 years old, but he hadn't been in church since he was 17. By the way, born and raised in Alabama. Nobody here from Alabama. Chief Primus was from Alabama. His mama brought him up in church. But when he left home for the Navy, he never went to church again. Got into all kinds of stuff. And at the age of 40, somehow the Lord got a hold of Chief Primus and saved him or brought him back, I might say. But you know what the cool thing was about Chief Primus? Is that when he came back to the Lord, all the Bible stories... And all the verses that he had memorized as a little boy all came back to him. I mean, he didn't start again at ground zero. He started way up here spiritually. And he became a, a, a great witness for Christ. So who are these people? Number one, they, they, they know the truth. Number two, most of them have been active in a, in a good church. They know what it is to be in church. They love coming to church. They know the songs that we sing and all of that, and, and probably they, they, they like them. The third thing is that they, for some reason, have strayed or wandered or walked away from their faith. Why would, why would they do that? I find that most people that stray from the Lord either number one, get into some kind of sinful lifestyle that they're embarrassed about. And, you know, they, 
maybe they start dating the wrong guy or the wrong gal and, or, or whatever, and, and they feel guilty about it. Uh, one guy that I went to see years ago, I said, hey, haven't seen you in church. And he said, you know, lately, he said, I always used to enjoy church. I said, great. He said, but lately when I come to church, I, I don't know, I feel kind of guilty. <laughs> My next question was, so what's going on? Well, I met this girl, and I know she's not right for me, but. So why do you feel guilty? Well, because I sit in church, and God is saying she's the wrong one for you. So he could either give her up or give God up, and guess what he chose? Walked away from God for a long time. Took him a couple of years before he really did find out she was the wrong one, and he, and he came back. So a lot of people walk away from God because they've gotten involved in a sinful lifestyle. But listen, a lot of people walk away from the Lord, not for that, but just because life changes. They get busy. They come to a transitional point in their lives, and somehow they, it just causes them to walk away. Maybe uh, they graduate from high school, for example, and they go off to college or they go in the Navy or they get a new job someplace, or they move away, and just in that transition time, they just, well, it's just as easy to, I used to go to church, but you know, I'm 18 and away from home for the first time, maybe I'll stop going, you know, and you stop for the first week, and God doesn't strike me dead, so I'll, I'll miss next Sunday too. Well, that worked out, I think I'm still going to heaven, and then it's been two years, and they haven't been to church or read their Bibles. They've wandered away from God. There was a family from Texas that I met a few years ago. I, I actually met them at a funeral. The, the dad, the patriarch of the family had passed away. And uh, I, I got a call from the mortuary. Hey, there, here's a family. You know, dad passed away. And they don't have a pastor or a church. Would you come and minister and maybe do a funeral for them? So I met the family at their house. And what a great family they were. They were really sweet people. And uh, they believed in God. Uh, they seemed like they knew the Bible to some degree, at least the mom did. And so we, we did the funeral, and uh, all went well. And when the funeral was over, the mom took me aside. She was probably almost 80. And she took me aside... I think she had a couple of her kids around her. She said, um, where's your church at? I said, oh, it's in La Mesa over by Helix High School. What time's church Sunday? 10 o'clock. I'll be there. And because I don't drive, <laughs> others are coming too. She got her family together, kids and grandkids. And she said, you know, family, when Papa and I first got married down in Texas, we got saved and baptized and joined a good church. And then we moved to California for a new life. We just got busy, started having kids, got a good job. Just got busy doing things. I'd say to my husband every once in a while, hey, we haven't found a church yet. Yeah, yeah, we will, we will. 
When things slow down, we'll take time and find a church. And she said, 40 years later, and he's gone, and I don't even know a pastor to do his funeral. She said, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed. And she told her kids, <laughs> it was so cool, a, a matriarch can do this. She said, we are now a church-going family. Papa and I made a mistake 40 years ago. We're correcting that right now. I'm going to church on Sunday, and you're coming with me. And, you know, they started coming. They, they filled up half a row, and then a whole row, and then a row and a half, and then we started having baptisms. And I want to tell you something. God did a special work in that family when they came back to Christ. Why? They'd been wandering. And coming back to the Lord made them realize what they had missed. We've been missing out on this. The blessings of God for 40 years. What an exciting thing. You know, Peter, uh, if you remember the story of the apostle Peter, he also strayed, didn't he? Remember when he denied Jesus three times? I mean, if that ain't straying I, from God, I don't know what that is. I don't even know the man, he said. Nope, not me. Weren't you with him? Nope, not me. I don't know him. But when Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do? Did he say, man, that Peter really let me down. I guess he's had his chance. I'm finished with him. Is that what he said? You read the story in John chapter 21. Jesus ran Peter down and said, you're coming to work for me. But you don't know what I've done. Well, I know all that you did. I was there. You're coming to work for me. All is forgiven. Now get back in the family, back on the team. We got stuff to do. And Peter became one of the great leaders of the church, wasn't he? By hook or by crook, the good shepherd went after Peter. Let me just say a couple more things. I'm looking at the clock, and I've just got a couple minutes left. Let me say a couple more things in closing here. First of all, COVID-19 did a lot of damage to our country, to businesses everywhere, but also to the church. Amen? For a while, churches closed down, and they opened back up again. I'm, as I read statistics about how the church is doing today, post-COVID, a lot of people are saying that church attendance is down by as much as 30% across the nation. Who are those people? The people that have wandered to some degree. Many of them are older people who are really af still afraid of coming into, into a large group. And, and some of you here today know people that came to this church 
before COVID, and you haven't seen them since. You know what? I think if you know someone like that, I think maybe this would be the week to call them, amen, and say, hey, we've missed you at church. It's time to come back. I'll save a seat for you on Sunday. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your favorite flavor donut, man? I'll have it set aside for, for you on Sunday. Do what it takes, amen, to get some of those dear saints back into the Lord's house on Sunday morning. Will you do that? How many of you right now are thinking of at least one person's name, one person that you would say, I, 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 could, I could, not that you will, but I could. I could call so-and-so this week and say, it's time to be back. Listen, we had a record attendance here on Easter. I think Pastor Jim said 350. Wouldn't it be great if every Sunday we had a record attendance and many of those people by former members who've come back because someone called them and said, come on back to church. Second thing I want to say, I want to just say something to the Navy guys. How many Navy guys, military, do we have here today? Listen, many, many of the young men and women that you associate with on the base or on your ship are young people who grew up in church, and they know about the Lord, and, and maybe they're just away from the Lord right now. You know, they, they, again, they joined the Navy, they're away from home, mom isn't, you know, yelling up the stairs, you know... You got to get dressed. Church starts in half an hour. There's no mom doing that. In fact, the voices they're hearing are saying what on Sunday morning? We got the best beach in Southern California. Hey, let's go to the beach today. Hey, let's take a trip up to the mountains today. There's a million things to do, fun things, in San Diego on a Sunday morning. And those voices are loud. But if you're a Navy guy or a military guy here today, you could easily speak into the heart of a young person and say uh, something like this. Does your mama know you're not going to church on Sunday? <laughs> See, it could be that easy, amen? That's not hard to do. Say that with me. Does your mama know you're not going to church on Sunday? <laughs> okay, so listen, write your own script. Write your own script. But if you bathe that attitude in prayer, God will bless you for it. Amen. You'll see some young guys, young women walking through the doors who, who really need to come back to the Lord. They've just strayed away. And then the last thing I want to say is this. It's hard to find a good church. Finding a, this is a good church. Have you noticed geographically it's hard to find? <laughs> I was going to go to First Baptist, but I, they didn't have a parking lot. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> but beyond the parking lot and, and, and the, hidden, the hidden church here, beyond that, it's hard to find a good church. Some of you can say amen to that. Some of you have searched long and hard before you found First Baptist Church of Coronado. Some of you are here maybe for the first time today, and you're in that search. You're looking. I'm just looking for a church where I can, you know, worship the Lord and, and be fed by the message and meet some people and, and grow in the Lord. But it's hard to find 
a good church. And part of the reason is, is that we, when we go out to look for a church, often we're looking for the church that we left. Right? We want the same size. We want a pastor that preaches the same way. We want the same songs being sung. We come in, well, it was okay, but I didn't like the music. Or it was okay, but that pastor was too loud. You know, and we walk away saying all these negative things. Listen, maybe God wants you to learn some new songs. Maybe it's time, you know. I think three times in the book of Psalms says, what, sing to the Lord a, a new song. Maybe it's time for a new song. Maybe, you need, maybe somebody needs to preach a little differently than what you've heard before. Can I say, I wanted to say this earlier, but I didn't. We have one of the best preachers in San Diego County in this church. Amen. You know that. In fact, you tell him next Sunday, you tell him that, okay, because he may need to hear that. But invite, invite someone. Say, hey, we've got a great pastor. He's on fire for the Lord. He preaches the word, you know. Tell somebody about this church, okay? It's hard to find a good church, but maybe they need to go to a different kind of church or something that's a little different. You will never find the church that you came from. It doesn't exist anywhere else but there. And if you go back two years later, it isn't there anymore either. Because churches change and they grow and they mold. And so if you're looking for some church that you were a part of 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 5 years ago, that church does not exist. And Satan will use that mindset to say, well, I guess I'm just not going to church. I can't find my church. Maybe it's right here. Maybe it's right here. Did you know there is no perfect church? but there's a perfect God who calls us to be a part of his church and to use our gifts and our abilities to build a church and even to make that phone call to someone and say, we've missed you. I got a donut ready for you <laughs> next Sunday morning. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we just bow before you in this quiet moment. And... Uh, Thank you for this message. Thank you for the word. I pray, God, that among us who are gathered today, Lord, that we would take seriously our part in being the good shepherd who looks for the lost sheep with joy. And so, Lord, help us as we build up our courage to pick up the phone or go next door or talk to someone about coming back to the Lord. And then just before I close today, let me just ask you this question with your heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you today, this morning, would say, Terry, I, I feel like I'm one of those wandering sheep. I feel like I've strayed away in some way. I see your hand. Thank you. I feel like I'm not the person, the Christian that I used to be, not living for God, maybe not reading my Bible, going to church. I feel like I'm one of those strays. If you feel that way this morning, let me say this. God is not mad at you. 
God is madly in love with you. And he is willing to leave the 99 sheep and go out just looking for you because he knows it's a dangerous world out there. And if you feel like that wandering sheep today, I wonder if you would just think about this prayer that I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I'm feeling far from you this morning, but today I want to come back. Today, I want to renew my relationship with you. Today, I want to start living and acting like a Christian, like a person who loves you and believes in you and knows that you're coming again soon. And so, Father, will you welcome me back? Will you put my name back on the rolls again? If it ever went off, I want to be back. I want to live for you from now on. And if you prayed that prayer again, would you lift your hand? Just let me see who you are. Looking around, I see a hand in the back. I see another hand. I see another hand. A fourth hand. Anyone else? So, Lord, you see the hands, but more importantly, you see our hearts. Lord, do a deep work in each of us today a deep work of forgiveness, a deep work of cleansing a deep work of showing us where we fit on the team, the great team. We pray and ask all these things in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. So we're going to ask you to stand as we close. The worship team's going to lead us in a song. If you uh, feel led of God to walk down this aisle, I would be glad to pray with you about whatever God is calling you to do this morning. You come as the worship team sings.
Has it been sweet to be in the Lord's house today? It's been sweet. Are you glad you've come? Yes. Praise the Lord. I hope you come back next week. Pastor Jim and his wife Pat will be back with us right down in the front row. Give them a great greeting when you, when you see them. And, and this week, whatever it is that the Lord whispers in your heart to do, do it. Amen? Amen. God will bless you for that. Thank you for coming. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.